Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it is Trent here, and it is so lovely to have your company today for episode... Two, four, five. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at part two of Masters of the Universe Revelation, and then we jump into the Christmas spirit. Joining me today is Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hello, hello. And two out of three of the geek dudes... Mr. Chris Fresh and Dirty Uncle Mitch. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Hello, Toy Power. I am your guest, Chris Fresh. Um, and this is a very safe for work podcast. Um, talking, talking revelations and um, toys. Um, good to be back, guys. Um, I've been so happy to have you guys back in my ears. I realize how much I appreciated the podcast when you're off for a few weeks there. Um, and it's been great having you back. I haven't listened to the Dune episode yet because I don't have the eight hours to get to the cinema <laughs> um, to see it. And I know that uh, it'll be too... Te- like, if I'm going to sit through a movie that goes that long, I don't want anything spoiled, you know. I want to... <laughs> I, I haven't seen the original Dune either, so I'm going to go in as a clean slate. Hmm? You want the movie to actually end? I know it doesn't end. <laughs> it's like that bit, I know. I, I can deal with that, um, but I, I hear it's a very pretty movie, and I probably want to go to see it on the big screen. Yes. And how are you guys doing over there in Melbourne? In, in lockdown central, is life returning to normal now that the vaccination targets have sort of been reached? Yeah, I think it has. We're hitting the stores. There's nothing on the shelves. It's pretty much back to normal. normal, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think the big difference that I'm going to notice because I'm a mall rat um, (laughs) is I think on Tuesday, masks come off in retail. Oh, wow. Um, wow, that's, yeah. yeah. I'm moving yeah. over Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know people go, what's the big deal about that? But, you know, that will sort of be the last of the masks in our life, apart from on public transport and in, mm. like, taxis and Ubers and stuff. Um, so that's going to be a big deal. Um, you do get a bit nervous because um, mm. our cases are still fairly high in Melbourne. Um, but... You know, when 92% of the population are double vaxxed, you're confident that, you know, everybody's not going to have to go into hospital if something happens. You know, they just might get a bit sick, which is the the big thing. So it's been a hell of a two years and fingers crossed for 2022 but i'm not holding my breath you know we'll we'll, no. we'll see like when i get through a year without any of this it'll go there you go we've got through a year, without a year. <laughs> yeah well we have to assess when we yeah. hit we hit june uh, fresh mega toy swap meet we would love to have you guys Ooh, yeah. down so you are more than welcome if situations permit there's a, yeah. a pie floater waiting for you here, <laughs> Cafe de Billy's. Uh, yeah, uh, no, that'll pass. Well, I, I'll go <laughs> to Cafe de Billy's just for um, the laugh of it all. But um, I'll pass on the pie floater and the <laughs> nippies and the iced coffees. Um, although classic chocolate milk, I still say South Australia's um, best thing. It's just Strasbourg. 
No, it's um, no, no, it's just Joe's bed. <laughs> um, I, I, I was gonna, I was willing to come across to the Save the Santa yes. thing that was going on because somebody's an artist over there is, um, has picked up for one dollar the Cozzy. Santa oh, Cozzy, Claus, yeah, yeah, that used to be in, um, at the top of John Martin's. Um, but yeah, so we've got the toy meet that we definitely want to go to, and I fully plan on seeing Guns and Roses over in Adelaide in late november next year like adelaide was i always go for a bit of an interstate trip as an excuse for a holiday and adelaide is going to be one of my destinations so i'll be coming over with um the great friend of mine julian james so lock up your mother's adelaide in oh november boy. wow oh boy hopefully there's a little bit of november rain at that <laughs> concert. The, the milfs have been warned <laughs> wow <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I saw Guns N' Roses and Corn. I think, in around 2010 at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. And I remember just looking around and going, Adelaide really is a big country town. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, yeah. And the demographic of who would go to a Guns N' Roses and Corn concert, you know. <laughs> like, it, it, is, it is what it is. But, like, um, for Melbournians, it was like, oh, it's like seeing a concert in Ballarat. Um, but i I was just remarking today that like if i could live anywhere else in australia it definitely would be adelaide i think it's um as much as i love hanging on it um (laughs) i think it's there's a a real beauty to adelaide and it's actually still affordable to live somewhat compared to melbourne and sydney and stuff um and you guys are there um and even davy damage is there um and you know and casey's got a thing for me so there's a a lot of reasons to go over (laughs) yes now it would be lovely lovely to see you guys in person so i'd be really looking forward to that now we are here to talk revelation now i know uh, fresh you did do a kind of like a solo reflections episode refreshing thoughts yeah refreshing Mm. thoughts which is lovely to hear so i've got a bit of an idea of of where you stand on it and i must admit you you spoke very closely to to how i felt about a lot of the things so we will get into that Mm -hmm. but revelation part two it it dropped and i was super excited because i loved part one Mm. i really enjoyed part one albeit a lot of people didn't like it. It That's got right. a lot of yeah. a lot of controversy. There was a lot, you know, where's He-Man? This is a um, Teela focused. Yep. And and I think this may have sort of suffered a little bit from being put into two parts because I reckon if a lot of the fans had been able to see it kind of in one Totality. drop. Yep. And I'm not saying one, you know, drop them all at one time, but maybe drop each one over a week. I think we might have had a very different response. I think so. Um but Having said that, part two, part two, I'll just premise and I'll start off with the point that I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I did part one. So looking at the whole thing, like, yeah, just as a whole Look, for each part. For me, yeah. part one, I was riveted and I think I yep. watched pretty much every episode in the one hit. Whereas part two, I was sort of like, oh, I almost need a bit of time to digest that before I move on. And I wasn't necessarily really looking forward to the next episode. Like, I really had to see it straight away. I'll agree. Yeah, 100%. I'll I'll agree with that, and I think there's a couple of things, one of which Fresh talked about in his little uh, review. One, there's a whole newness newness factor to, oh my God, this is the first new Masters animated stuff in what feels like forever. And so that was a bit more excited. But also I think it just... I think the timing of it, like the time of year also for me, like it's heading towards and we've been very busy with other things anyway but 
heading towards that end of the year, what's been a, a pretty, you know, average year for a lot of people thanks to the pandemic and stuff. Um, whereas the other one just seemed to seem to have a lot more hype around. I felt like even positive or negative, a lot of people were talking about part one afterwards. This one, it sort of came and went what felt like yep. really quickly and no one was, was talking about it. And I don't really understand why. I also think the storyline had built to a point when you get to that halfway point part two that it just felt a bit a bit much. Like the storyline in part one was relatively simple, but then the, the back half just really took off, you know, when you think about the themes and, and stuff they were talking to. It just it was you got to the end and you're like, Okay, that was that was a thing. Whereas part one it felt a bit more character focused. Yeah, part one, I think every episode you've got a new character introduced or yes. classic characters. Yep. And mm. you kept getting, oh, this is a Merman episode, this is Scareglow. And we didn't get that in the second half. That was all plot. Yep, yep. very true. Sort of circling around. Well, so you I, didn't get that. Yeah, I, um, for those that don't listen to the excellent but completely out of control Geek Dudes podcast, <laughs> um, the, I agree with you guys 100% in part one was definitely my preferred. Um, I think it was probably better served if I know Mitch preferred the gap. I would have preferred the ten episodes to drop, um, and you just take it. You you take what they're giving you for what it is. Um, what's interesting in a lot of criticism of part one was the gratuitous killing of characters, particularly you know He Man and Orko and things like that. Where I found it way worse in part two. Yep. Yeah. And like it was so, I'm a unashamed Fisto fan, and you know, I didn't mind like sure him and Clamchamp get killed, but then it felt like the car was driving over them and reversing. Over oh them. yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Over, yeah. And I was like, and, all and right, the- you know, I'll, I'll eat that. Like maybe it's just me being sensitive because I love Fisto. <laughs> yeah. But then, like just. The snap my fingers and heaven's gone. Yeah. And it's like, I, and the way it was just done in two seconds, it was like, think about that concept mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. they have just wiped out the afterlife. And I was just like, now that's a bit much. Yep. You know, like I can handle begrudgingly Scalar gods stopping spirits from reaching their um, hero's reward. Wiping out the afterlife completely to me seemed a touch ridiculous. Mm. Yep. In if you're just going to wipe out pre Eternia or for lack of a better term, heaven, and I know we're talking He Man, and yes, I'm talking a fantasy thing, so anything can happen, <laughs> but then we're just going to toy with everybody on Eternia itself. Yep. Yep. It just seemed, it seemed doing it for the sake of doing something shocking. Well, I think, and I think that's something that. Ex- Yep. That's yeah. exactly why they did it to show because they they power these characters up to mm. such a degree that you know I mean the the fight scene between Adam and and sort of Evil Lynn in her powered up Super state Lin. Super, Super Lynn mm. almost was farcical because they shouldn't have been fighting like she should just been able to wipe him out and there was really no logic why she didn't do that, didn't use her power yeah. to just eradicate him. You had this Thanos-level yeah. villain who could snap their fingers and, and destroy uh, heaven, essentially, and then she's going toe-to-toe with the guy with the sword. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was that problem of, of the, these characters need to survive, hmm. yet you've placed them in a predicament. You've created a predicament that doesn't, doesn't yep. work anymore. And, and that's and, what... yeah. See, when you watched the Masters of Universe movie and... 
Skeletor becomes God Skeletor, where he's Frank Langella's in all the God, uh, in all the gold and everything like that. I, you never thought this dude's about to destroy anything he wants at any moment. Yes. You thought he's now as powerful as He-Man. What are we going to do? The problem was in part two was you started to become so powerful that really He-Man shouldn't be able to match up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when like we all played toys as children and you know, it's like playing with that kid that even if your character starts to win for a second, he's like, no, 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 I'm not dead. My son does it to me. No, no, no. You know, I'm still going. It's like, buddy, you know, at some point you've got to play along with me here. Mm. And it just felt like we need to just keep upping the power and upping the power and upping the power. And it was, no, you don't have to go that far. Like just making somebody so powerful that you think to yourself, wow, if He-Man punches them, they're not going down. Mm. You know, they might even stand and you go, that's amazing. And then you could have come over the top and gone, well, it took somebody as powerful as the sorceress to match them in magic. And that's, what's going to win this. I'm not saying I can write a better He-Man story because I can't. Mm. I just felt they perhaps took it to an extreme that they didn't need to go to. doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it because I enjoyed the heck out of it. I just felt there were certainly more nitpicks in part two for me than what there were in part one. Yeah. For me, like with, uh, season one, I think they, whenever a character was killed, there was a little bit of mourning, a little bit of, you know, like uh, Moss Man gets killed, oh, Pine Fresh, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. quip was sort of said, uh, Orko passes away, everyone's like, oh, very sad and things like that. There was a little bit of mourning, whereas in season two, it was like, oh, they're, they're just cannon fodder, you know, yep. bam, they're gone, bam, they're gone, you know, uh, the whole um, heaven is gone, there was no one there, you know, that shed a tear for the whole, all of those characters that we've seen built up so much and then just gone in a heartbeat, you know. Oh, Alicia Silverstone had a bit of a cry about it, didn't she? Maybe. Queen Marlena? She, yeah, well, yeah, she, she didn't did. sound like Queen Marlena. Yeah, so that's right. That, I mean, Batgirl. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you, you spoke to it on, in your thing, Fresh. Uh, the voice acting overall, really good. Lena Headley, amazing. Mm. Um, Fantastic. Who was Man at Arms again? Who was that? The, Sir Davos. Uh, Sir Davos, yeah. yeah. Uh, wonderful. Every, and then there was Queen Marlena. And she just she stood out for all the wrong reasons from a performance perspective for mine. Yeah, Cringer wasn't great for me either. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um I like but yeah, but everybody else everybody else I thought were like really, really good. Um the 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 animation I thought was amazing. Mm. Um there were a lot of cool moments. I I didn't like if you listen to me bang on about it, I really didn't like Savage He Man just being legitimately a Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was too much. Like you could have taken elements of the Hulk and put that into Savage He-Man, but this was the Hulk. When, yes. I, when I watched it and, you know, Teela's sort of realised, oh, my God, that's Adam, tried to calm him down, I actually said out loud, sun's getting real low, buddy, <laughs> like, because that's exactly what that yep. scene was trying to do. Yeah. Well, And yeah. is that the problem where you've got someone like Kevin Smith who is such a fan? fan. Yeah. yeah, a fan. He's just, whether he's doing it intentionally or not, or if it's just subliminally what he thinks Savage He-Man would be, hmm. Is, is that, I don't know, not tempered by something else? Someone to say, hey, Kev, this you, re- you, you realise... You've made him the Hulk. You, he, he, <laughs> and he's jumping just like the Hulk jumps. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and so- I didn't hate the concept. 
right? Of you know, you're sitting in the writer's room and you go, Imagine if you called down the power without the conduit of the sword mm. and it comes down so unfiltered and raw that it changes you. Yep. I, I like that That's concept. Cool. Yeah. Mm, I, agree. I just don't feel that they nailed the execution. Yeah. Yep. And and what did you think of uh, you know, so that that there's that aspect and then it's like you have the power. Now you have the power. Now you have the power. Exactly. Like you it know. was like an Oprah episode yeah. where everyone gets the power. Yeah, yeah. So power for I, you? I, yeah, I didn't I, mind Beast Man turning into the Beast. Um, actual Beast. You know, yeah. the Beast, I the right? I like I, That was interesting. Uh, but then, you know, um, he gets knocked off and there's no, you know, remorse about him no, falling no to No body, him. no death. Yeah, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, to be dead in this show, you need to be not only turned into ashes right like burnt to ash <laughs> you need to then have your spirit crushed snuffed and then you need the place you were going to go just to be snapped out of existence <laughs> yeah. that's how you die in a, in a show like this so i okay, think so beast man's okay i've been uh, you know helped in uh, my realization that uh, they're all going to come back yeah so, I, nice. I i do say like the orco return was goosebumps for that me was cool. like yeah. and the way he was in multiple places and sort of phasing in and out and fighting these different battles like as the oracle mm. i thought was a really cool moment i thought and there were there were a few moments like that where i'm like that's really really nice that's the classic a really... sound effects too with orco yeah i thought like was a chill moment of like just a small thing like a sound effect and you're like that is awesome yeah, yeah. for, for yeah. me and i know you spoke about this you didn't like it but i loved it is when King Randall's like, come and kiss the ring. Like, <laughs> I freaking, I, that was a game changer for me. It's... That was so cool. And and much better than that big, you know, thing, I'm going to fist you, Skeletor. I, um, no, but it was something like, I'd really like to fist him. Like it was a bit, yeah. it was, it was it a bit was, icky the way no, it was delivered. It was not good. But, yeah. but is it, I found, I don't know if I found, the very fact this was badged as sort of like a continuation, right? So Kevin didn't need to explain a lot of the backstory, right? Because he said, this is just at the end of the filmation series, mm. right? Continues on. What? And, and, and I, so I know why he did that. He didn't have to establish a lot of the characters. Yeah. He could just get the story going. But I found that things like, you know, Kiss the Fist and, and a lot of the way these characters delivered lines mm. was so different to that character that we've seen for 130 filmation episodes that it was some some of those moments that Kevin had written to me were really jarring. Like they took, I'm like, that doesn't feel like something. It's the same character, but it's Kevin Smith doing the writing I, at the I, end of the day. I get that. Like... Then just say that it's something new. I, I don't know. Yeah, like I felt yeah. having that baggage. Mm. If, if he just said, it's a totally new story, you know, like if you've seen the He-Man series, yeah. use that as your backstory, but this is something new and different. Mm. I would have been okay, but that some of those moments really were, kind of confusing for me because i'm like oh i think from a marketing standpoint what they sort of, i hope that they've learned is if kevin smith had have said we're telling a he-man story that's going to f- be familiar to every he-man property that you've ever loved yep right yeah because there was there was stuff from the movie there was stuff from the comics there was stuff from filmation there was stuff from 2000x you know it incorporated everything and I think if I had have pitched it as that, you still would have got grumbles because it's the internet and the modern age that we live in. Mm. But people really seemed married to filmation in a way that I wasn't. And I love Masters of the Universe. But for me, I think Masters of the Universe was a toy line that had a cartoon. 
not a cartoon that had a toy line. Yep. And like when they were saying it continues on from Filmation, I remember at the time going, where did Filmation end? Yep. Mm. Like, you know, like, I, like I'm sure that, that by the time it got to the end of its animation run, it pro- probably was awful. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of these cartoons, uh, apart from not holding up today, really just padded out at the end, you know, like Turtles as the example mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was surprised at how attached people were to the lore of Filmation. And I think yeah. they were too because they weren't expecting that blowback. <laughs> yeah, well. All right, let's go around the room. What's your favourite parts? What's some key areas that you're like, wow, that was cool? For, okay, Ram I'll Man's start. Return. Oh, sorry, say that again? Ram Man's Return. Ram Man's yeah. Return, nice. Yeah. The delivery. Yeah, he was he was cool. Like uh, the way he jumped and stuff. That I thought that was really cool. And it was actually springs in his yeah. legs. I was waiting for it mm. to be some sort of pneumatic suit or whatever that he wore. I'm like, he's got coils for legs. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, it was the team up of Goatman and Pig Boy. Oh. Like that just seems like a match made in heaven. Like I just think, uh, you know, and, and then uh, some, you know, rem- under breath remark while well, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. here. But to diehard fans like myself, I just thought that was such a wicked team up because it's like you know the, 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 the pigs and the go- and the goats like it's yeah. just such a cool um, meld of characters yeah. and uh, were they, they treated them quite well I thought and the fact that we saw Blade as well mm. yeah that, that was, was my favourite deep cut yeah. like yeah. when Blade appeared I was like oh, I didn't think they could do the no movie. that's yeah. right like, yeah and um, I was hoping that Sorod was going to come sparking yeah. out yeah um, but look and that's the thing if we get a season two, you know, I guess these things are going to be a possibility. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I there were like, for me, probably my favorite moments of the series were in season one um, or part one. You know, I still think pre-Eternia with King He-Man and Hero yeah, for sure. and everything yep. was probably my favorite thing of the series as a whole. But I got to say the um, final moment of part two because i was like oh i wonder if they're going to set something up or we just this is going to be it and it was it would have meant nothing if you don't know (laughs) that's right yeah yeah it's a a deep cut but it was one of those and it it, the actual logo is on screen for barely five seconds and it's but it's just enough to anyone who knows it to go (gasps) and then fade to black and you know set it up for potential a potential season two there's obviously been no word on that that statue like it was screech wasn't it? yes more or less correct yeah yeah Yeah. um i i thought um that the other thing i thought was strange was evil lynn when she became sorceress having the bat motif I love I, that look of her though. Just quietly, yeah, it looked cool, I thought, but I, thought, I didn't yeah. understand where it fit into. But mate, but Snake Mountain well. has that archway of the bat. So mm. I mean, I mean, yes, she should have been. Okay, screech. yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the archway or something. But she was made the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, true, true. right? Yeah, Not, she should have mm, been. Um, yeah, yeah Zor, or, or a snake, maybe. Yeah, 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 I was because expecting they have a duality of. But then that, yeah, that, that but then that breaches on Teela's ancestry because she had the. Uh, snake motif mm. part of her uh, um, so yeah, I think you're, you're playing in a lot of you know aspects of different animals and things I, I think they went, were pretty safe with the bat and uh, I yeah I didn't look too deep into it yes there are arguments for it but I think um, the bat was kind of cool Mitch what what else did you think was cool 
for me, I think it was just sort of, I like the journey of just seeing all the characters again. Yep. For me, it was just that nostalgia kick. So, um, and I think they gave Adam a good run mm. as far yep. as being a character. Yeah, yeah. aside from He-Man. The filmation yeah. line, he was just sort of a joke. But yes, yep. He got a good run. Yep. So I think that for me. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've got to say, like, probably the redemption of Orko. To me, and particularly in the filmation, he was always that snarf level character you know the one whose magic tricks go sideways i i I found he in the original stuff quite even at the time just annoying and patronizing type character and so they've taken that and it was mostly in part one but you know obviously him coming back in part two was really great but they've taken this character that i was totally almost against and then you know he has that showdown with scare glow and i'm just like all right Orko's got chops, you know, and then when he dies, it actually, it, it hit me and I just went, oh man, like that sucks. You've taken this character that I didn't like, you made me love him and you killed him off. Like, thanks guys. Um, yeah, I loved I loved Orko in this. He was a standout across the whole the whole seasons for me. Hmm. Cool. A man at arms as well. Yeah, uh, he was awesome. He was, he? Yeah, like, yep. like so good. Um, so I... Because I know in 2000 and X, they sort of changed things a little bit. Do we take it that in this um, version of Master of the Universe that Duncan actually is Teela's oh, I think yeah. so. He's the father, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, yep. it certainly seemed that way. Because um, I think in um, – I haven't watched it in a very long time. But wasn't it sort of ambiguous to whether maybe Fisto was her dad? And uh-huh. Duncan was sort of like the adopted father. I can't. I think that was a thing. Could have been, yeah. Def- definitely yeah. the feel that she was adopted by Duncan. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. definitely in the filmation series, that's quite clear. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of like that. You know, I like that there was a love story between the sorceress and Duncan, and the sorceress sort of made the ultimate sacrifice, and you know, he raised his daughter and they had that bond but i even thought andrew was pretty cool yeah um, she was cool yeah i feel like I she no got issue with her becoming mad at arms because you know duncan's always going to be there helping and overseeing you mm-hmm. know and sort of just setting up a younger generation because i think the other thing people have trouble with is how potentially forward in the future from what they think they're attached to it is because i don't know if you've ever heard the theory about the massive universe movie that even though there's no way it's the case, but technically it's way in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it is a continuation of filmation and Battle Cat's dead. And, you know, a lot of the characters have just been dead and this is like an end battle. Mm. Um, and I didn't mind that theory. Yeah, and I think, sense. Yeah. you know, if you look at this as this is in the future, you know, it's completely believable. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I love... He Man. I think the the when He Man finally gets the power sword and powers up, that was a sort of chill moment for me. But I and I love kind of the the way they wrote He Man in this whole series. And I think Mitch, to your point, Adam, like the Adam He Man duality was really beautiful. In that the sort of the the way they they frame it is that the strength, the power comes from Adam, and really the ability to know when to yield that power back mm. and not hold on to it. And there were some beautiful moments in part one around, you know, like Adam choosing in Preternia his his weaker form, right? Yeah, like yeah. that that was beautiful. But when he finally powered up as He-Man, uh, it was a chill moment for me. And also this sort of this eternal optimist 
this this optimistic view of the world, which I think was quite a nice contrast in this series because we had so many more mature themes and elements coming through so that when we have kind of He-Man powering up Skeletor and, and he's saying, well, why'd you do that? Mm. You know, I'm, you know, you know, in his mind, you know, I'm going to backstab you yeah, at some point. Right. Why did you do it? And he's like, well, because I want you to know how it feels to save, to the, save the universe. Yeah. I want you to feel like the hero. And that to me was such a kind of He-Man logic, you yeah. know, that they're going to go in this together. So there were some, some wonderful moments, although I didn't, I didn't necessarily like the way they kind of got to the final battle and the power levels and, and Evil Lynn's nihilist kind of, you know, view of the world. And that's why it's just going to destroy everything. Cause there's no, there's no point at the universe. Uh, um, but, but that aside, some of the culminations of the final battles were really, really nice. And Orko, going away like now that you know they, they've they've gone everyone back to subternia and, and orko sort of floating away and then evil lynn kind of pulling him back yeah. there were some really genuinely heartwarming moments that were quite because quite those, those two had a really nice bond yeah. in, in season one that you yep. didn't sort of realize was happening until it was spelled out in front of you and so when it's all said and done and you know evil lynn has sort of seen the error of her ways and she goes no no i'm going to keep you here orko like yeah. i thought that was really that was really beautiful yeah and like the prospects for a season 2 should we get one of technology and technology leads me to horde troopers mm-hmm. um and invasion you know and you know what version of skeletor that we haven't seen I feel like the, the technology when the you know the tendrils start creeping mm. into him. I feel like that's setting you up to have him. Look, I mean, it could be their own invention, of course, sure. like yeah. they've done with a lot of these characters. But I feel like it's going to be a nod to Galactic Skeletor from like your your new adventures oh, yeah. Yeah. style. That, like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a cool look, and yeah. it sort of tells that side of the story. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. What do you think the chances are that we get a a sequel? I think fairly it's done, high. Done well I, enough. I, th- I think the toys are doing well. I think Masters is in its highest, uh, you know, circle of knowledge. Mm. You know, uh, for for, yes, yep. for a long time. Like the fact that Origins is doing so as well as as it is. Uh, you know, people are coming around to remembering Masters of the Universe and this. Uh, as much as we, you know, like uh, point, you know, things at uh, season two overall. Like season one and two as a total, I think was really good. I just much prefer season one over season two. So I, I think it's interesting, like because we we've all been critical of Mattel over the years of their handling of the Masters of the Universe property, and we all had misgivings when they took it back from Super Seven. But if you look at how Hasbro, the mighty Hasbro, is handling Star Wars, mm. and how Mattel's handling Masters of the Universe, as strange as it sounds. Yep. I'd give the edge to Mattel Yep, at 100%. the moment of those two beloved properties. You know, Marvel does great with, um, like Hasbro does great with Marvel Legends and stuff. I'm not going to critique them on that. You know, I don't collect them, but it seems like they do a pretty good job. But like their handling of Star Wars is not great. And I think Mattel's been hitting home runs. Like the only criticism we would have in Australia is our access to them because like Origins and Masterverse hit Big W and then they were gone. Mm. like there were he-man and skeletors for days but even then they went um i don't know what it's like over there but if you no, walk same. into a melbourne yeah. big w there's nothing on the show there's gone. nothing gone. and even to the point like uh hasbro tried to do their transformers mature war for cybertron and things 
And I think I got through the first season and I was like, wow, oh, that's sure. a lot. That, that was, sure. a, was, that yeah, was a lot of talking. Hard, hard work. Sure. And right. season two Ooh. came along and I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not missing out on anything by not watching this. So, mm. you know, in that aspect, uh, you know, I'm more critique of Transformers uh, than I am of Masters. So, Because mm. well, Kevin said it was the executive at Netflix wanted Masters back. Teddy Bear Sally, so I think his name he's, is. If he's in the impetus, then that's a good sign. The fact that Cowboy Bebop's been axed already. Yeah. Like yeah. it's only just aired and they've said there's no season two. Mm. And they haven't said anything about Masters yet. So signs are hopefully good. And the fact that there is Mattel behind and the toys, there's a few people pushing to say, Yeah, we want more of this. So and I I guess like I I haven't heard, like I don't know how well the young Masters of Universe cartoon went. Um I thought it was really good for what it was. You know, um it certainly was different but you know i i thought for a kids cartoon it did really good like i think like the new version of voltron the new version of shira and the new version of masters of the universe were all pretty good mm. you know when you compare them to you know now don't hate me listeners if you like it, but <laughs> rise of tmnt or thundercats raw <laughs> you know yeah. um i i think we're doing pretty good in beloved properties in that regard you know the, like i think mask is the big one that yeah. feels like when's that coming yeah <laughs> you know that we're waiting for or um i was talking about it on um geek dudes but whether we get a modern real ghostbusters cartoon Oh, with the, um, with the new movie now done, I yeah. think there's a big opportunity for it. So because you think of that that toy line that's out, yep. the cartoons look like, the figures look like they're animated characters, yep. like they don't yep. look like the movie characters. Um, so I I think we're in a bit of a golden age that a lot of people aren't realizing because they're being so critical of what they got, and you know we've all said you know it wasn't perfect. But would we like? What would you rather? It be not perfect, and have it, or not have it at all? Yeah. Oh, I've definitely. Seen so exactly. many yep. silly comments of people going, "It shouldn't have been made." You know, burn Kevin you Smith about the rancor again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think as fans, you know, I think this is a great age that we're in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yep. We're going to jump into a new segment now mm. because Christmas is fast approaching and yes. we love to, if there's one thing we love to do here on Toy Power, it's reminisce <laughs> about past Christmas glories because there have been some crackers. Um, so what we wanted to just chat about, we've got two questions here. One is to recount a favorite uh, childhood memory of a Christmas and maybe a special gift that you received. And two, what's on your, no not, not, if you haven't been naughty and you have been good, <laughs> if if uh, Krampus isn't coming, yeah, to you, you don't you don't have Krampus uh, licking the window um, <laughs> with his giant tongue. Um, what's on your ultimate wish list this year? Like, what would make your absolute Christmas from a from a tangible point of view, Ben? And it has to exist. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Oh, okay. 
It can't yep. be um, Mariah Carey and whipped cream. Um, <laughs> again. I think we just got insights into Trent. He's Krampus at the window. Licking. <laughs> uh, okay, so for me, we'll go around the table. Till, um, uh, so I shouted out this idea on um, Dave's Video Graveyard. My best Christmas present was the Fast Tracks, the Tyco Fast Tracks, Ooh, the red one nice. with the Caterpillar wheels. Um Charge it for four hours, get eight minutes of uh, runtime. Eight and out a half of it. minutes. Yeah, yeah, but it depends if you had it on high or yeah, low. Yeah, don't, oh, yeah. don't use up all That's it on a high. So that was that was uh, one I shouted out there. But another one I, I wanted to shout out um, exclusively on here was I, and you can help me on this, uh, Trent. Um, I woke up at three a.m. Uh, one year and uh, went and opened my um, Christmas present from Santa, <gasps> and it was uh, much to Mum's uh, disappointment. And uh, it was the Wolf Den Lego set, uh, the the yep. castle one where the opening um, there was a, like a secret bunker underneath. Yes, it was sat on treasure the water. chest. Nice. Yeah, so yep. that was that was pretty freaking ultimate. And I'd built three quarters of it by the time Mum caught me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pretty much told me to uh, get back to bed. Go go back to bed in the um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a pretty um, memorable Christmas uh, gift. So. I, I can't really think of any sort of in particular individual item. Christmas in my place is, uh, as I've sort of mentioned on the show a couple of times, a little bit of a strange thing. My Spanish side of the family, when they came out, they were actually based in Melbourne. So we would historically come to Melbourne for Christmas. And because there was only like my mum and she had like... Uh, so I'm going to get this right, two brothers and one sister. So they didn't know anyone when they landed in Australia. Mum came to Australia as a 10-year-old, I think. So it was all all about family and it was everyone in the family gave each other a gift. And the only problem with that is that when they all started, you know, marrying and have kids and had, you know, me and stuff, that same pattern kept repeating. So everyone had to give everyone something. So it was, it was just this never-ending spiral of presents. So it's actually quite hard for me to um, pick out an individual um, gift. What I remember the most is that uh, my grandparents' house in uh, East Malvern, I think it was, um, it backed onto a bowling green that my grandfather was very big into the lawn bowls. Uh, eventually the club sort of folded, but the green still existed. So what he, what me and my uncles would do is go, right, let's get the mower out. Let's mow a bit of an oval and then let's set up the mower a bit lower. We're going to mow a pitch into the, and so we would play on like a turf pitch on Christmas day. And as a kid who loved cricket, I was just, that was just amazing to me. And I'd be out there all day. Everyone else had given up on the game. And I'm like, no, 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 keep bowling. And my uncle was one of these, you know, guys he said i'm going to be the first spanish spanish man to play for the australian cricket team so he was about as tragic as i was uh neither of us were any good by the way but um yeah that was just just coming in absolutely covered in sweat on a sweltering day in melbourne um yeah that was that was pretty here special. we all are playing test match on the dining room table oh, nice and there you are on an actual turf cricket pitch. <laughs> I thought yeah. I had Christmas down, but uh, clearly not. <laughs> it was good fun. What about you, Mitch? Uh, me, um, I remember everyone seemed to get those big box stuff. Like if you got Transformers throughout the year, they were the small ones. Yes. And Christmas and birthdays was when you got the big ones. And that was when people got Castle Grayskull, Stank Mountains. I never seemed to get that. My cousins got that and I covered it. They got Voltrons. They got Castle Grayskulls. Mm. But the only time I remember getting a big boxy one would be the um, Jets, Jetfire. 
from oh, nice. It was, yeah. it was a Veritech fighter, essentially, yes. from Robotech. Yep. And diecast metal. And it was like, this is mm-hmm. not blaster, master blaster from like crappy plastic. This was like really <laughs> good. And it still survives today. In oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, that would be my my biggest memory from a Christmas present that was like, that is cool. Yeah, and cool. I had friends come over and look at that and go, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the bragging rights after Christmas is what it's all about. Um, for me, I had the... The big three Christmases of my childhood were Snake Mountain, um, Ecto One, oh, which wow. was nice. huge yeah. for me mm. um, at the time. I loved the Kenner Ghostbusters line, and like probably the final big toy of my childhood was the Party Wagon. Oh, nice, beautiful. Yeah. Um, like I never had the sewer play set. I never had the Technodrome. They were things I'd get as an adult, as all good adults do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the, like I didn't come from a wealthy family. So when you got something like that at Christmas time, it really hit. And it's probably why Christmas is so special to me, particularly with memories, mm. because it was, you know, the way I got a lot of my toys was I'd save up my pocket money and we'd go to trash and treasure and I'd buy the toys that kids no longer wanted. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit later into He-Man compared to most people because I was buying it after the kids that collected He-Man <laughs> were done with it and were sort of selling it for their um, pocket money. Um, so when you'd get something like that and they weren't cheap toys, it was a really big deal. Um, and you know, when I became a teenager, I guess things like, um, video games and Nikes became <laughs> the, yeah, the order of the right. day, but yeah, they were the big three for me. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Look, I, I was very much the same. A lot of common themes here. I never got any of the big play sets. I didn't think I had a single play set, certainly not a gray skull or a snake mountain or a sewer lair and not even a party wagon. So we were probably, our Christmases were very much. Um, maybe something a bit more practical rather than a toy as the main present mm. and the stuffing the stocking stuffing you know sort of things yep. like I, I recount getting um the the emperor's imperial dignitary in my in my santa sack mm. right and 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 i'm going oh who I, I don't even recall who this guy is from the film like i had no recollection that he's in the background for like 10 seconds as the emperor, you know, walks around. Yep. And and my brother got, you know, one of the coolest figures, which was Han Solo in Carbonite. <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, that's just one of the most iconic scenes and I've got some random purple guy who yep. I don't even know who it is. So I'd get stuff like that. I'd get a lot of like, you know, real Ghostbusters that had been kind of clearanced and, and, and that sort of thing. But mum and dad loved Lego. Like, love, our, our bigger presents would often be like a bigger sort of Lego set. Mm. And 89 Christmas, I got the um, the fort from the pirate theme, um, which is uh, Port Royal or, or, or something, mm. um, whatever. But it's it's basically on a, on a rocky island and it's a white and yellow fort. Um, my brother for that year got the governor's ship so the blue and white sails. And that that is the one that sticks in my mind because... If only you used that Lego to go on to do something with it. I know, that's right. <laughs> um, we got everything from that wave except for the um, big pirate ship, um, the Black Sea Barracuda or whatever it's called, um, which I still don't have to date and goes for a ridiculous amount of money. But that, that was, you know, the pinnacle set for me and probably the biggest Christmas memory I've got. Can, can I interrupt? I'm so, I'm so unco that 
I didn't want to apply decals, let alone build a Lego set. <laughs> I, I wanted a toy that was ready to go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, uh, funny you should mention that, Mitch, because uh, I'll tell a little story that I don't think you even know, Trent, but when we were, we were having a day at Darren's place, there was just myself, Trent, and Scotty um, sort of t- um, helping sort the toys, and myself and Scotty were in the, the main living room for the bulk of it. We were helping sort their TV cabinet out. Trent was in another room. And Scotty was a lovely chap making conversation with uh, Mary, uh, Darren's mum. And we were, I think, had to plug the TV back in. And she's like, oh, yes, I, I don't like reality television. And, and we're like, yeah, no, we agree with that. And because oh, the, the only reality TV show I've ever watched is Lego Masters. And uh, Scotty, quick as a flash, goes... Yeah, but they never have anyone good on that show. And said it <laughs> deliberately raised his voice. Uh, and then Mary, sort of realizing what was going on, played along, just went, "Oh yes, I know what you mean. They're all they're all pretty boring fellows, aren't they?" And then <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just I'm waiting for the reaction from around the corner where Trent is. So I've walked around, looked. He hasn't seen, and I've just walked back in and said, "Sorry, guys, he didn't hear anything." And I'm like, "Oh, you've wasted our joke now." Like, <laughs> so yeah. There you go. I just thought yeah. I'd drop uh, it. I'm glad Mary <laughs> got into the razzing spirit. Because yeah. that, that is so out of character. I know. That's what, that's what made it even funnier. <laughs> so, so good. Gold. Okay, so uh, going now, into... Now, it cannot include Mariah Carey. No, no. Okay. No Mariah Carey's. No, no, no. Uh, so <laughs> recently part of... Uh, Darren's, um, you know, toy collection and things. I was able to get, uh, I put my hand up and stroke a deal for the Mondo Turtles. The, um, mm. the what are they? No, they're one not six scale? one six scale yep. Mondo Turtles. And uh, we uh, assumed Darren had all of them. So we found Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. And we also found the, the mouses, the, mm, um, the exclusive mouses. Yep. And I was wrapped. And I'm like, well, I'm uh, just missing the first one, Leonardo. <laughs> Wonder where he can be. And to this day, we still haven't unearthed him. So I'm going to put that uh, as my um, wish list for this year. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be pursuing Leonardo into the future, I mm. think. So mm. you cannot have mine. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I understand he's your boy, so I've been eyeing off Trent. Well. <laughs> you know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, for me, is probably uh, a wish list thing. I'm not. I saw something the other day that McFarlane are actually picking up where some of the last DC Direct multiverse stuff left off and i think in particular they were they had announced a wave of zombie or deceased type characters so it was all zombie versions of you know superman and and that sort of thing um and there's a supergirl figure in there which is all you know she's got a busted jaw and a funny eye and ripped costume and all the rest of it i would love that like i don't know in fairness i don't know that it's actually been released just yet but i believe the story was that McFarlane have picked up that yes. license and they're going to be, because obviously the molds and that are already there, it's going to come out under their current multiverse stuff. And then, you know, I've got a lot of representations of, of my girl, Supergirl, over there in all different forms, but I think a zombie one would be uh, would be a nice addition. Sounds cool. Very good. Now, I don't know if it's out. So there's one thing, Mondo announced the Battle Cat. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. which is yep. ridiculous. Yep. So I don't know if that'll be in time for this Christmas. So no, <laughs> I can start saving. No, but you can put cheating. a pre-order do down want, or something. What do you want this year? Well, it's it's the stupidest thing ever, and it's Todd McFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the Batman Beast. <laughs> nice. Is that yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's got to be soon. Mm. He had some short person. Oh, 
Is it yeah, the, the, the lady from accounting? Um, that's the the big monster truck, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, With the that spirit is, of that is, it. It's ridiculous, and that's why I want it. Okay. <laughs> um, like, for me, I'm going to play the game as it should be played. I'm going to go for if you were to walk into retail, you'd most likely find this. Mm. So yep. I'm, after seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'm in... I've got Ghostbusters fever and I've got to say a complete set of the figures and the Ecto one um, would be pretty cool. I love that the figures sort of are, they're not like copies of what the Kenner figures were, but they're sort of like a modern version of what they'd be. They come with a little ghost each, which I love. Um, The Ecto one's cool. I've got nowhere to put it. Um, (laughs) There's no need to have this in my collection whatsoever, (laughs) but, just my nature. I've seen a movie. I'm excited about the property <laughs> and it's give me the dollies. It's what um, we do. Yeah. 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 Like it's not, you know, they're, sure there are plenty of grails and stuff they like, but you know, they're not realistic, but you know, if, if on my family's Chris Kringle list, if I was able to go pop into the shops and if you see something like this, like probably for me, um, you know, Egon's always been my favorite Ghostbuster, so anything him. Um, I think there's even the Plasma series kicking about. Um, I, I do find it strange that they've released that Plasma series Ecto-1 and it doesn't fit the figures. No, that's yeah, silly, isn't it? Yeah. Was, and it's like, why would yeah. you call it the same line? Yeah. But it doesn't actually fit the figures. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think those Ghostbusters toys are pretty cool and it would be a, a sweet way to relive a childhood memory as 42-year-old man. <laughs> yes. Have you got any of the Plasma stuff, Chris? The- no, I've got the Mattel. Like, I ended yeah. up with... The Mattel. I had a. Fr- I used to listen to a podcast. I don't know if you guys ever listened to the original Foosh cast that was hosted by Aussies, oh. and um, there was a guy on there named Stuart who was uh, Aussie now living in America, and I reached out to him, and he was really good. He was he would get stuff for me from American retail and just ship it out at cost. Oh, like, wow. Nicest yeah. guy, and I actually got. They released a four pack of the Ghostbusters in Santa hats. Yes, yeah. Um, and I've got those representations, mm. sort of, in a six inch sort of size. Nice. But the Plasma series is tempting. Mm. Um, like I did. You guys back in the day back the Ecto one. No, no, I didn't. No. no, you were the reason it didn't. Yeah, I probably <laughs> was that one backer they needed. Yeah. I don't know um, why I didn't in the end. I can't remember the logic. Because I had the whole line. Like, yeah. I had the whole okay. Maddie yeah. Collector, you know, line of, of Ghostbusters. There was a Walter Peck mm-hmm. figure and Ghostbusters 2 and Dana, Azul, and all, all that. Like, mm. so I don't know why I didn't do it. I can't, I can't recall whether it was a cost thing or a, a space thing. Since you've got them all, Trent, like, are you, what do you feel is better, the Plasma series or the Mattel one? Oh, look, I think if you were to, if you were to say you could have one or the other, You'd probably have to go Mattel just on the basis of the the depth of the line. Like there's a there's a um uh the Carpathian, you yeah, know, Vigo, Vigo mm. uh, from that. Like you know, and and whilst it's whilst I think Plasma is a better figure, that the likenesses are you know they've got the face real. They're they're a better likeness. I like them more. At this point, I think the maybe you'd get I don't know maybe you mix and match maybe. Mm. But but only only on completeness. I think plasma More series are, are, are nicer figures. To be Would honest, would you yeah. back a Haslab <laughs> Firehouse? Ooh, six inch scaled. Yeah. 
is it is it kind of Kenner inspired? Yeah, or yeah. does it look like yeah. a movie? If it's Kenner inspired, yeah. like I don't mind it looking kind of accurate, but I want it to have fun play features mm-hmm. like yep. Kenner would. I probably would. I probably would, to be honest. Oh, I don't know this. Like, I know I'm, I'm delaying everybody eagerly getting to Trent's Christmas request, but I'm curious. <laughs> you guys might have already addressed this and I haven't heard. Who's backed the wagon? Who's on the wagon? I, <laughs> Who's I, the wagon? I am going to be on the wagon. I, I haven't backed it because yeah. I can't, uh, but I will yeah. be probably ordering it through pop culture. Yep. 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 I'm on. I've, yeah. I, I had to. I've been quoted many times as saying I'm all in for this line, and couldn't couldn't back down. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. The man I, of your word. Yeah, had to do it. Um, again, no idea where I'm going to put it. I've actually, when they released the measurements, I looked at the shelf over there where my ultimates are currently sitting, and it won't fit on that shelf. So it's going to be a rebuild. And it's going to be a fun rebuild. So yeah, can't wait. Ben? No, no, man. No, no I'm I'm you. I'm in for slash, and I think I've got. And I want Usagi and things, but no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm I'm really, you know, concerned about space in my room now, mm. and I just don't want to overclutter it. So I'm just gonna. I'd rather save up my my money and buy a Dino Riders Quits or Coatsis than go all in for you know two waves of the um, Ninja Turtles. You know that that's to me. I've already got four different representations of Ninja Turtles from different eras. And I know the ultimates are amazing, but I can come around to Trent's or Frank's house and see them firsthand. Mm. So I get my enjoyment through them, vicariously through them. But for my own collection, I, you know, I'm at the point where I don't want to get rid of anything. You know, like I, I'm so happy with how I've structured my toy room and things uh, that I just don't want to um, sell anything to make room for another new line. And, you know, the way I've been collecting for you know, now 20 odd years, these things are going to keep going. Like there's no stop <laughs> yeah. to these lines. So he's worked it out. You know, <laughs> he's, he knows how it works. So he's, I, he's the only the one. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather save up my money and buy something that's already 35 years old or whatever. Yep. Um, then uh, buy something, you know, that's hot off the market and know that in 10 years time, potentially is going to be re- redone. You know, I, I, it's like, I'm going to do what I did with the Thunder Tank and, that's called the sideshow gamble of <laughs> yep. just yep. how nice. much are yeah. they charging for shipping on <laughs> yeah. this? I'll either win or I'll lose in a big way. Um, <laughs> you know, because we still don't know with the Thunder Tank exactly how much sideshow are going. You've to got charge. a fair bit of leeway though to do well. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's seven fifteen, um, seven hundred and fifteen without shipping right. on sideshow. So, um, and what's it going for at Pop Culture? Is it 900? 900, the yep. Thunder Tank. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I've got $185 to play with, and I, I reckon it might go. Oh, it could be tight. <laughs> it might go my way with yeah. the Sideshow Gamble. Um, ben, I respect um, what you're saying about space, but it's not how we play this game. No. <laughs> yeah. It's too logical. 100%. There, there are multiple Geek Do's episodes where I'm sure I've declared I've got no room, and since then, I have added the Super 7 Snake Mountain and an arcade one-up Ninja yeah. Turtles arcade well, I, machine. What, There's always room. One of the classic moments was I um, I remember telling Darren, I go, look, I'm, I'm having a break. I'm having what I the call... T-stop. I, well, it was. I think this was even pre-T-stop. <laughs> this was what I referred to. I don't know how, how widely I announced it, but I referred to it to Darren as a total, a total cessation. That's right. And then Ooh. a week later, I bought the entire run of Playmates... 
Star, uh, Star Trek, Trek, Star Trek. Figures, yeah. which were about 200 <laughs> figures. Um, oh, wow. and, and he ribbed me about that <laughs> for, Constantly. A, for a long time because <laughs> I just had boxes of... And I went through my my um, Tomat's action figure checklist, and I had these little tabs. And as I bought another Star Trek, I'd tab it. You know, I've got that one, and there were just hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of these things that I acquired. And they were they weren't phenomenally expensive, but they were a bargain. That's why. So You've got a I just Goldberg in your collection. I do. Yes, I do have a Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> but, but I love that Batista is so famous <laughs> that I still hear it referred to on the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Like, <laughs> like, it, it is international. Like, it, is, it is legendary Batista. It's going to get to that thing. People use it as a, as a term and they're like, where's the tea come from? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, like, I know it means you just stop collecting for a while. <laughs> um, now, we know you guys have been good boys. So, Trent, what's on the Santa list? Well, or Father Christmas, as you would say. In <laughs> I still believe in a bit of magic at Christmas, and that's why I've gone for the totally unrealistic <laughs> cat's lair. Um, <laughs> but you know, let's let's bit look. I would love a cat's lair. I've got. I'm getting close to completing my vintage Thundercats collection, with a few exceptions. But I would take one of those exceptions, and the one I've got my eye on at the moment is Captain Cracker. Oh. So we've just got him in Super 7 Ultimates, Ultimates, and I, yeah. lo- I love that version, and it's fueled my fire to get that that cracker. I think he, I think he looks great. I think LJ ended some, some wonderful toys in that line, some of it a bit more miss than hit, but Cracker is an absolutely beautiful figure and sculpted so beautifully. Um, and, and so I'm happy I've got the Ultimates version, but I, I do want to round out um, that... that Vintage line. What does he and, go for on card? Uh, on card, oh, I, I wouldn't be getting one card. On card, he's, he's probably close to, to, to the grand mark. Mm. Um, Thundercats are just stupid. They've always been stupidly expensive. Mm. Um, but loose, you can you can probably I could probably get one shipped here for about two hundred. Between okay. two hundred and three hundred seems not, to it's be. It's not out of the ordinary. You, mm. Yeah, like it's you know, like it's achievable. It's like I'm down like in the WWF Hasbro figures from the early nineties. There's three mailaways that you know you just write them off. They're thousands of dollars. You know you're not getting them, but I just need two more figures. I'm just at the nice. pointy end of the, yes. about three hundred dollars a figure. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll get there. It's just a matter of that. But so just to jump in, what I, I've got to put an asterisk next to Snake Mountain. That uh, in when I was a little boy, I all I wanted was Castle Grayskull in my life. <laughs> and there was a kid named Clinton up the road. He was an older kid, and he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He said, "If you trade me every single toy in your toy box." Oof. I'll give you Castle Grayskull. And I was like, you're on. <laughs> and mum walks into my room and sees no toy box, no toys, like the room's cleaned out. But there's me <laughs> sitting there happily with a Castle Grayskull <laughs> with no figures to play with. It. But I was feeling like King and she was like, I'm going to have a word to that boy's parents. <laughs> this is a bad deal. And you've been taken advantage of. So I... Castle Grayskull was ripped from my hands <laughs> and returned to Clint and all my toys came back. I'm sure he probably ripped me off one or two. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so then that Christmas comes and I see a Castle Grayskull size box sitting under the tree. <laughs> and I was like, Santa has looked after me this year. He's forgiven me for my transgressions with the trade and a few other things. <laughs> and um, this is my moment. And I remember ripping open that paper and seeing that it was Snake Mountain. <laughs> And 
like as much now I go back and look and go, what a cool present. Yeah. And you know, I got a lot of love from it at that moment. I was like, Oh, <laughs> This is awkward. It's a heinous crime. Skull, like this is the bad guys thing. Then you've got the wolf mic and it's <laughs> and all I just kept because you know as a kid you just want the good guys. Yeah. You know, like it's cool to have the baddies, but you know, I want you you will love a Snake Mountain if you've got Castle Grace. of course. Mm-hmm. But just having Snake Mountain, it's like great. Skeletor's got his base down. Patton for He Man is out in the wilderness. Um, so yeah, I. I uh, that's why Snake Mountain's got this really big memory with me of just I just remember opening it up thinking I was going to finally see Castle Grey Skull, but no, <laughs> it was Snake Shut Mountain. Shut down! Mm. Oh, amazing. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Oh, look, this has got me excited for Christmas. Mm. Um, so hopefully we can save the giant Santa. Yes, that uh, is there. We'll let you know how that goes. Fresh. Um, if it if it you know the dollar was. You know, you spend a dollar and then you're left with a three-story high Santa yeah, Claus. it sounds like a good deal. And, I mean... And the large bill to... Uh, to repair him. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, that's why yeah. I got yeah, it for so cheap. Dollar, yeah. Because yeah. then that's why it hasn't been redone. Because it's it's a bit like the Hollywood letters. You know, mm. it's all the rich guys um, and girls that keep, uh, prom- you know, propping them up to mm. keep them survive because no one wants to pay for their maintenance and yeah. things. Uh, so yeah, big old Santas uh, need to complete overhaul. He needs structural integrity, paint, everything like that, and then I'm sure he'll be. And then storage as well. You know, yeah. where do you store such yeah. a large uh, unit like that? So we think yeah. we've got problems. <laughs> it is a shame that David Jones, which I believe took over the John Martin space, didn't continue that spirit. You know, of mm. a great Adelaide tradition of having that Santa because I, I think retail sort of underestimates the magic that stuff like that can have on people and draw them into the city. Like in Melbourne, we've still got the Maya windows, mm. you know, like every year they're crap. They're no good, but you'll still go in and yes. take a look at yeah. the Maya windows and by proxy, you're going to pop into Maya, mm. you know? Um, and, you know, I think they like some of, I, some of my basic Christmas memories are McDonald's. You'd get the, holly around the cups and stuff when it was christmas time like you'd get those little nods to you're in a seasonal thing and our local maccas um or donnie's as some crazy south australians will call it um has a giant inflatable santa on the roof and my kids are so excited that like they nudge me for mcdonald's every 10 seconds anyway Mm. but you know seeing the giant inflatable santa up on the mcdonald's roof and stuff like really stands out to them and it's a bummer that sort of somebody in the Rundle Mall didn't pick up the Santa and sort of go, this is a South Australian tradition. I know mm. it's a lot of money, but it's worthwhile just to keep the attention on Preserve our retail it. space because it's so hard for retail to get people in these days. Yep. Um, something like that, I think, is important. You know, the fact your Christmas pageant isn't going through the streets anymore. Mm. Yeah. He's going around Adelaide Oval. Yep. I could see it staying there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you just miss that sort of, magic of people coming through the city like when we grew up going into the city was always a big deal and an exciting thing because you'd see stuff you didn't see anywhere else but now anywhere else is the internet Mm, and the city's not this magical place with um cool stores and everything so yeah i just think it's a bit of a bummer that um it he doesn't he doesn't have a home Mm. 
and yeah. bring back the Dazzle Land roller coaster. Oh, that <laughs> Dazzle Land roller coaster. I remember going that roller coaster. Amazing. I remember going there when it was, you know, the shops were pretty much shut. It was heading towards, you know, whatever time of night that they they were all closed. And it was me and my friend. We were the only ones there. And our, I don't even know where our parents were at this stage, but it didn't matter because we'd go on. And the guy at the at the gate, the, the staff member there, would have to, you know, say, "Oh, do you want to hop off?" And we're like, "No." And it got to the point where every time we go around, we just look at him and just like, you know, spin the finger <laughs> in the air, say, "Run it again, Sam." We're we're staying on here till we vomit. Like it was amazing. <laughs> wow. Uh, but look, if you guys can sustain a giant rocking horse. Seth is going to be in the chat. He does. He does. Fair yes. call. Yeah. Fair call. All right. We're going to wrap this episode. Hey, Fresh and Mitch, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. We Listeners won't know this, but we chatted for a good half an hour before we started recording, and mm. it was always wonderful to chat. So yep. thank you so much for making time for us tonight. Thanks for asking. Now, lo- like, love you guys. As I always say, I plug the Patreon. The Toy Power Discord is some of the best bunch of toy collectors that you'll meet, you know, and it's grown um, recently, which is really nice to see. And everybody that joins is super cool. There's no internet snark on there. Mm. There's nothing. It's just a bunch of cool people that are into pop culture and toys. And you're supporting a really cool podcast as well. So um, get in on it. Oh, thank thanks, you. Mate. Appreciate thank you that. very much. And we do have something pretty exciting, particularly for our international fans coming up. Because one of the things that we have found in Darren's collection is every issue of the Commander M newsletter. And for those of you who don't know what Commander M was, it was a fan club in around 1986, 1987 here in Australia. And they would promote Mattel properties such as He-Man, Hot Wheels, and later Brave Star. And we've got an entire run in pristine condition that... I think I don't think there's a lot of this available online mm. and particularly if you're in the US you would have never had access to this. So we are thinking of we're going to get some high res scans. Frank's going to take them in um to work. We'll get them scanned and we'll start uh, releasing these so that everyone can enjoy because I think it's something so unique to Australia mm. this commander and these stories that probably have been told um that haven't really seen the light of day. Yeah, I know Darren was obviously from Darren's collections, he was a big fan. He spoke very highly of it. And even when we first floated the idea of having a, a Patreon and, and how do we do it, Darren just kept referring to this. I want to make it. I want to make everyone a club member. It's got to be like Commander M, yep. Commander M. And we go, mate, what are you talking about? None of us don't actually know yeah. very little about this Commander M thing. That was that was his vision. So I think it's sort of serendipitous to you know have that and you know digitize it and get it out there for people to see. So. Yeah, I've actually never heard of it. And I think what you guys are doing with that is beautiful because one of the things I always said about Darren was he's one of the great Australian toy historians. Mm. You know, he certainly and was. when we lost yep. Darren, yep. we lost so much knowledge of just what was at retail, what it was like to be a toy collector. Like that dude remembered stuff not, like none of us can you know we've all got blurry mm. memories and stuff darren's was razor sharp yep. um and he had everything so you guys being able to share that in a way is like sharing the memory he had yep. of this stuff because like i've never heard of that and i'm like blown away um so not it's not just going to be international listeners i think you'll find a lot of aussies as well are going to be amazed by this mm. yeah definitely 
Uh, we are going to uh, take a couple of weeks off for uh, the Christmas festivities and um, mm-hmm. the uh, eggnog hangovers. So we're yes. probably. Uh, I'm going to hit it hard this year. Yeah. You ever had eggnog? I love oh, eggnog. I, love it. oh, I, it's I can't. I can't drink milk. Like I have an iced coffee and um, about five sips, and I can't trust a fart. <laughs> So, uh, so I, I I love the taste of it. I just milk that that just does not agree with me. So nog's okay. So nog's okay for right. some reason. Yeah, I don't okay. know if it's um, preservatives, maybe maybe something like that. So <laughs> that's my yearly tradition to myself. Uh, instead of a cup of tea or something at, at night, um, I'll have a uh, glass of eggnog and. Um, to 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 my wife, she just thinks it's like liquefied cake syrup. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> uh, but I love it. I think it's um awesome. I I've tried it with brandy or whatever they've mixed yeah. it with in in the states. I think no, nah, it's overrated. Just straight eggnog is the bomb. So that's gotta get my... yourself some of those um moose glasses. Oh yeah, Christmas of course. Vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trent's wearing the yeah. vacation uh, top tonight. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we're going to take a little bit of time off uh, until early January. But in the meantime, I'm going to uh, kick off a little bit of a best of 2021 voting system. So vote for your best toys, your best um you know movie, the best uh, TV series. There'll be a whole criteria. We've done it a few years in a row, so it'll be following that. Uh, formula uh, so give us give you everyone our, our listeners and um you know people to uh, a lot of time a, a to, bit of time to yep. vote and things and then we'll collate it all and then sort of first episode back we'll um shout out the best of 2021 mm-hmm. so yeah what a year mm. all right thanks again to fresh and mitch for joining us today we hope you all stay well and safe and have a very very merry christmas and we'll see you in the new year and until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. Oh, oh, oh.